Hi, everyone, uh, and welcome to our next installment of our podcast series on energy and utilities. Uh, today, we explore how financial services and the financial industry is influencing this uh, marketplace. Again, I'm Peter Warren. I'm the Global Industry Lead for Energy and Utilities at CGI, and my guest today is Andy. Uh, Andy, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Thanks, Peter. My name's Andy Schmidt, and I'm the Global Industry Lead for Banking. And uh, so uh, today we thought we'd cover off a couple of different uh, key points. Um, certainly the world is going through a few changes. Uh, just looking at the uh, financial uh, impacts of how finance is influencing um, and taking uh, quite a bit of an impact on the uh, energy marketplace. Uh, Andy, just an open-ended question, sort of what's the historical view? And then we'll get into sort of more of a contempor contemporary current view of how finance has been uh, viewing energy and utilities. Sure. So uh, for years, uh, you know, financial services, whether it's banking or insurance, has viewed energy and utilities as a market to support, but typically through traditional products like uh, like loans, like lines of credit, uh, like insurance policies, um, even helping manage investment portfolios. Uh, it's really only in t uh, only recently where and this is this is something that is that has taken place around the world, uh, only something recently where the, the the financial services industry has has taken a more for lack of a better term a more pointed or discerning look at energy and utilities and and what the opportunities are and a lot of this has to do with uh with board sentiment with uh, regulatory sentiment and of course customer sentiment as we look at how the climate is changing and and what the what the what impacts the energy and utilities industry has on it, but also you know what are the opportunities within financial services to not just be a, a guardian a gatekeeper uh, in terms of in terms of credit in terms of insurance policies, but also an effective partner with the industry to outline or undertake uh, investment in new opportunities and and really create a blueprint for how other organizations might decarbonize their businesses. So it's really that, that picking up that last point, it's really that green shift of energy is uh, one of the things that's moving forward. And, I, and you mentioned the stakeholders uh, that they have both internal, external and their clients. Um, are, is that what they're listening to? Is that it, it, a lot of it have to do with that green shift and uh, how that's moving forward? It has to do not only with the green shift, but a move away from you know, what has been affectionately termed greenwashing. And, and what I mean by that is basically um, having good, good copy on the website in terms of supporting the environment. Um, in, the, in the last few years, we've seen significant effort to move uh, towards, towards actionable, towards, towards measurable uh, activities, improvements, and so on in, in the sustainability realm. Um, and, and one of the challenges for banks specifically, and insurance companies too, is that the, the low-hanging fruit has already been addressed. Uh, they tried to digitize processes as much as possible, move away from paper as much as possible, um, even support telework as much as possible. And of course, many of the, the buildings that banks and insurance companies use are LEED certified, indicating that they are sustainable or at least energy, energy efficient. Um, but recently, 
it's been an opportunity, really even a, a realization in the financial services industry that we have a specific role to play uh, to help uh, drive sustainability, to help uh, mitigate the effects of climate change by working with our clients uh, to figure out what steps they need to take. And in, in certain cases, uh, as, as has been seen recently uh, in the news, even, even severing client relationships if they're not moving in the right direction. Now, obviously, that is a last resort, but that is an opportunity that's on the table. And where, you know, at Cybos last fall, uh, we, heard, we heard banking leaders being very clear that their goal is to incent, to partner, uh, to find a common path forward, to become greener, more sustainable, more climate uh, friendly in terms of how business is being delivered. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're doing a lot of their own internal things, as you mentioned, they're changing uh, their operations. I know many of the large banks of uh, in Canada, at least, have announced that they're not having everybody return to the office. Uh, that's part of their green plan, uh, the work at home. They saw that it worked, so uh, they're shifting. Um, they're taking uh, actions on their own data, data-driven decisions, and uh, we'll maybe expand upon that a bit more. And then they're looking into, as you said, uh, the service offerings and effectively influencing the things that a client might do, let's say an energy company or utility coming forward and saying, we won't invest in you. You said somebody's being fired, but also I guess they're using different pressures on those clients. Um, how's, how's that working when they put some pressure on somebody to, I like your project, I don't like your project. There are a couple of elements that need to be considered. So um, there are, and, and one of the ways that we've seen it evidence itself more broadly is in supply chain. Um, and so there are, there are certain supply chains that are efficient and some that are not. Uh, and what it, what's incumbent upon both the, the customer and the bank to examine is can it be improved? Uh, and it, are there steps that can be taken now or are there steps that need to be developed um, to either together or separately to make it greener? So, for example, there are uh, let's let's look at let's look at coal as an example. Um, it could be that you receive your power from the local coal based power plant. Um, and, you know, and that could be a particularly dirty part of your of your supply chain. Um, it may be that that is the only source of energy that's available to you right now. So it become it, so it gets put into the, the necessary evil category. Um, and it's, so you're not a bad client because you get energy from a, from a, a relatively dirty source. It's an opportunity to figure out new energy sources, new ways to generate that, that electricity, that whatever it happens to be. And you know the conversation you and I had about can we, can we put solar, can we put hydrogen on rooftops, for example, is a creative way forward to maybe not move fully away from that primary power source, but at least to supplement it uh, and to become somewhat greener, somewhat more sustainable in terms of how you operate your business. And this creates a conversation about what else can we do? Are there other opportunities that we can that we can create to to mitigate to to minimize our carbon footprint and create a more sustainable future for all of us? Yeah, it's that whole ESG financial aspect of it. And uh, one of the companies you're referring to in our other conversation was a large Canadian warehousing and distribution retailing company, and how they actually use uh, wind, actually predominantly solar on their large warehouses to make hydrogen and converted their uh, forklifts uh, from propane to hydrogen. Uh, it makes a cleaner environment in the building and it uh, moves right forward in their ESG component. 
All of that really comes down to a new definition of risk management. Energy and utilities yeah. clients uh, usually in companies view risk as uh, assets. Uh, can I deliver my products and service? But uh, financial uh, aspects of risk to portfolio, risk to reputation, and risk of not getting investment, I guess, is a couple of things they're now having to consider. Um, what are your thoughts on that and how that's going to play out? The, yeah, and there are a few different elements to that. So, um, so risk portfolio, there are two key portions of that. Risk in terms of my loan portfolio, um, so who I'm extending credit to, but even in my investment portfolio. And we've actually seen much more progress on the, on the wealth side, on the capital markets side, um, in terms of creating these ESG portfolios and moving towards them wherever possible. The risk reputation piece of it, much harder to manage uh, because, because you're, you're very much in the court of public opinion. Uh, now, what's one of the best ways to, to mitigate that or to address that? It's transparency uh, and being able to acknowledge that there are certain things that we, that we need to fix uh, and can't fix right now. Um, because the technology doesn't exist or the capacity isn't there yet, uh, but we're working on it. And so, and as well as these are the things that we're doing in the short, medium, and long term. So you're being so you're being very clear on what you can affect and what you can't. And you know, in in the parts so of back to the back to the issue about the about coal-based electricity, just because that's an you know an easy target for many, um, it creates an opportunity to also say let's. Let's partner. Let's figure out a way to, to do this. I have a specific business problem. Uh, I, the corporate, am willing to invest in it. Uh, I, the bank, am willing to possibly fund it uh, or partner to, to help deliver it more broadly. And let's, let's solve this problem together. But transparency, data, um, being able to being able to show what you're working on, being able to uh, being able to have auditable results, uh, and you know, and data quality is an issue. Uh, it's improving, but it is an issue. Are key ways forward. Now, that last element that you that you mentioned, risk of not getting investment. In that recent case where that where that bank did sever relationships with you know a couple dozen coal companies, um, that is a last resort. Uh, but that risk of not getting investment is absolutely there. Uh, why did they sever the relationship? They didn't see the progress that they that they gave the clients a year to to undertake or a year to show, and so and so we don't know. Um, you know, were there subsequent discussions about partnership and so on? Uh, but just as banks have, and you know, and insurance companies have credit scores in terms of the health of the business, the health of the market, the quality of the, the leadership, et cetera. So too, you will see risk scores or at least a risk discussion on the sustainability piece of it. Is it are they moving in a sustainable way? Is there a risk in the marketplace uh, in terms of perception, in terms of market, in terms of regulation, if these firms don't improve? Um, and, and so it will become part of uh, the regular you know, portfolio conversation with the client uh, in terms of how they're getting their energy, uh, what, other, what other business processes can they improve, can you clean up the supply chain? So back to the supply chain issue, uh, you know, can we help you find um, a more sustainable alternative without radically changing your business? Um, and, you know, uh, or is it an opportunity, for example, for us to work with you to build a new plant to to make that portion of your business that much cleaner? Uh, now, it does take some creativity and it does take some guts to go in that, to that direction. 
but this is where the market's heading, um, and and we're seeing we're seeing you know, more support than ever before at the board level uh, to make these types of changes uh, because the effects of climate change are readily evident right now. Yeah, it's it's a key component, and we see this in the whole struggle with ESG financing. We have uh, one utility uh, client who wants to be able to prove that their electrons are cleaner than someone else's, to your earlier point. So in a competitive market, uh, I can prove to you because I am putting in good uh, finances. I am putting in good tools. I can prove that my electron is greener. Um, it's going to be something that everybody's going to want to be able to do in, in the future as they move into it. Hence the reason they're getting some investment in that and moving along a little bit differently than perhaps some of their competitors. Um, how do you see funding being done in the new economy? We've got crypto. We've got a lot of other things coming in here. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I know you recently published something uh, in one of the magazines. You can comment on that as well, too. But you've, you've looked into a couple of different points here. Right. So the, the conversation, uh, the conversation that we had with Forbes was around, you know, what's the practicality of crypto? Um, and, you know, and crypto is capturing a tremendous amount of attention right now, for sure. And the, so far in the banking world, there's not a tremendous amount of clarity on how you would use it. Um, it's certainly being viewed as an investment for some, as a as a payment type for others. Uh, volatility and speed are key issues that need to be addressed. Uh, non-fungible tokens or NFTs are, are, are their own animal in terms of uh, in terms of creating opportunity, creating value. So for the time being, um, and, and let's let's step back and be clear, banking and insurance are two traditionally risk averse industries. Um, so they are rarely at the cutting edge. And so I do think, at least for the time being, that traditional funding methods will be used to move some of these large scale projects forward. So if you're talking about building a new plant, for example, uh, traditional funding will likely apply. Um, that said, uh, more creative corporates, probably smaller corporates, uh, may turn to crowdfunding, uh, may turn to sources like NFTs um, to create, you know, to create a, a more widespread, perhaps uh, even decentralized financing option um, to to raise capital for these types of projects. Um, and you know, it's really um, the boundaries are only limited by your creativity. Now. If I were the lender um, and I saw this mix of non-traditional lending or non-traditional capital like virtual currency or crypto and so on, plus uh, plus traditional capital like bank loans, bonds, et cetera, I would have to, not just as the lender, but as the risk organization, have to take a closer look to see what that volatility is, to see what the risk is. But you know, this is a, this is a muscle um, that, that banks are increasingly developing. Uh, whether it's their wealth customers looking for tax advice uh, in terms of their own crypto holdings or their own NFT holdings, or also, you know, the, uh, the, the advent of central bank digital currency and how that might affect things. But also, you know, the news recently uh, and really episodically around firms like Overstock.com or Dell or Tesla accepting Bitcoin. And the impact that these firms can have on the on the virtual currency market. I mean, the, Elon Musk famously uh, tanked Bitcoin's value by saying that it wasn't environmentally responsible, and so they weren't going to accept it anymore. But you know, here we have uh, in the article that, that we're talking about from just this week, Exxon Mobil is using nat excess natural gas to power crypto mining. So you're using something that would be vented into the atmosphere anyway as just a byproduct 
of the oil and gas, you know, oil and gas um, recovery, mining, drilling process to create um, to create cryptocurrency. So, you know, so again, it's all it's all the limits are only based or only um, only a function of your creativity. So, you know, the market put up up or created up or identified a problem. Uh, Bitcoin is not you know not sustainable, not friendly to the environment, and the industry came up with a solution. Let's use things that that are that are waste products anyway, and try and figure out a way to convert that into value. Now, will that will that achieve great scale? Hard to say. Uh, but it's a but again, it's a creative market uh, that's looking for creative solutions, and the banks will appreciate that. They'll say, "Let's solve the problem together." Uh, would they fund a you know Would they fund an ability to capture natural gas for Bitcoin mining purposes? Unclear. Uh, but they certainly would view that as a as a way to to help uh, to help mitigate impact um, to uh, and to create new opportunities. So it is an interesting, almost wild west part of the market. But that's you know that's where opportunity is created. And so I think that these types of conversations will continue, and that credit, the capital, will become increasingly decentralized. Uh, but it's really all about the conversation with the with the client to figure out how you know how we can help how we the banks how we the insurance companies uh, can help them move away from uh, from a heavy carbon footprint and do it in a way that that is transparent and do it in a way that that fits with uh, the the criteria for the the level of risk that they're willing to take in their portfolios. Yeah, uh, you know, you and while you were talking there, I was thinking about a future uh, one of these podcasts we're going to do too as well with uh, our counterpart Helena that leads up manufacturing in the circular economy. Um, you know, we we're talking uh, an event that she's going to be putting on in uh, the end of May with uh, folks um, uh, on her components, and uh, you know, the circular economy reusing uh, what was considered a waste product from the mining industry, which is ammonia, uh, which yeah. actually is now can contains more hydrogen, as most people know, than um, uh, than hydrogen itself, when you look at the density of it, uh, easier to move around. It's it is caustic. It is a, a a nasty thing in its own right, but it is being considered for vehicles and other uh, uh, transport, shipping, and so on. Um, so we're starting to look at these waste products or excess product and and look for it differently. And I think that to your earlier point, you have to really watch that you don't greenwash these things. I mean, you have to really be able to prove to your point about data that this is something that is better than what it was before and it truly is waste or it's not just something I could have stored. I'm actually doing something that's uh, proper for the economy. Um, asking a, sort of a wrap up couple of questions here is so uh, what, how do you see this moving forward uh, with along the connection between banking clients, uh, energy and utility clients, the way that the two are really influencing each other? Where do you see this sort of maybe five, 10 years out? It's a great question. What I'd like to see is uh, a bit more, even experimentation, joint projects, joint ventures uh, to figure out how can we make these things work. So, for example, uh, we already have um, some, again, back to low hanging fruit for a moment, uh, the discussions about uh, about oil companies wanting to put EV charging stations in the parking mm -hmm. lots of banks and, and data centers. Great first start. Um, what I'd like to see 
uh, is you know uh, an expansion of that partnership towards the green rooftops, towards the the green you know the green uh, energy generation, in terms and and uh, in terms of actually being able to fund new energy types or new energy production methods, and even as you mentioned around ammonia, uh, be able to to work together to uh, figure out new new waste energy sources. So. You know whether it's you know one of the one of the topics that comes to mind is um, is the you know, even the fashion industry with the amount of uh, the fashion industry and the food industry um, the amount of, of waste that uh, that's created there and uh, you know this 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 takes me back you know back to the 80s with the back to the future and you know Marty McFly and the Mr Fusion but the but that you know we're we're moving towards that type of mindset it, it's just you know it's just waste so let's turn it into energy. Uh, we've been doing that with incinerators for some time, um, and that's you know, so it's really no different. It's just making it more, uh, either a more portable or b uh, more more inclusive in terms of in terms of the waste that you're leveraging. So whether it's joint ventures, whether it's uh, incubators, uh, whether it's um, joint competition, STEM efforts, etc. Et these are you know this is where this is where I would like to see the cooperation going. And and have both industries um, take a stake in this. So the the banks realize full well um, that uh, that it's really hard to lend credit if there's no planet to lend credit on. And at the same time, they recognize that um, that uh, there are investment opportunities in terms of ESG bonds and other investment types. So they are incented to make improvements. And so too, I would believe the energy and utilities firms incented to uh, make sure that their market survives and to be able to, to leverage and, and really make more accessible alternative energy types um, or even more widespread accessibility towards, towards what is becoming, at least in my opinion, more mainstream energy types like wind and solar. Um, so I'm, personally, I'm seeing a lot more uh, solar installations on rooftops in my neighborhood. Uh, complete with advertising from uh, the local provider on how to get involved, and you know, in my state, um, looking towards uh, towards increasing funding, and this is the utilities that are actually doing this, increasing funding towards saving traditional, you know, traditional energy um, or traditional coal and natural gas uh, created energy by leveraging solar. Um, so you know, so it is a um, it is a joint effort. Um, and, you know, and I would hope to, again, hope to see that uh, this partnership would continue and if not expand to have some breakthroughs uh, in terms of what we can do and, and of course, how we can deliver it. No, oh, that's great. Well, thank you very much, Andy. This has been a good conversation. I, uh, this came from you and I talking about these things in our personal business uh, uh, lives as well. So uh, I'll give you a chance here to do a shameless plug, plug for perhaps uh, some future banking uh, podcasts as well. Absolutely, yes. The uh, we are definitely um, definitely looking to to ride on the coattails of, of your success in terms of creating these podcasts and creating awareness and interest around it. And so we are in the process of outlining uh, what topics we want to focus on. Uh, and you know, they're they're going to be some of the a mix of really some of the hot topics, but also some of the further reaching, long range topics that banks need to consider. And look forward to uh, look forward to creating and publishing those in the near term. That's great. Well, uh, a, a, a shout out to our audience. If you have ideas and suggestions, we're all ears. Uh, please feel free to comment back on the channel that you've picked up on this and uh, we'll follow up with you again. So uh, we'll wrap up here. Thank you very much, Andy. Um, and we'll Thank talk you, to everybody Peter. later. Bye-bye.